This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Got a little gap for the edit, you know, like a professional. All right, how are you doing with that food, mate? You all right? Mm. A few start. What toy did you get? Oh yeah, did you? Is <laughs> <laughs> it car? Gonna go home at three a.m. and play with that. Is, is it the Mouseketeers? The toys? Are they a thing? Aren't they? Back, mm. in, back in the day, do you remember the Ed? The Mouseketeers? Chris, you're, you're the only one here that's seventy years old. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, are you going to open your fruit shoot though? I didn't get a fruit shoot. You, you actually have got a fruit shoot, that's the thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> Blackcurrant. Blackcurrant fruit, fruit shoot. Well, yeah, I've got a Fanta. Uh, are you going to drink it straight from the bottle or decant it into your Tommy Tippy? <laughs> 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 that's the question. Oh dear. So, welcome to Homesdale Radio. My name is Chris Hambling, and joining me in the podcast car is uh, Mr. Ed Kellaway and uh, Mr. Dr. Kernas. Dr. has bought a meal from McDonald's. It is an adult meal, however, <laughs> however, he has purchased a fruit shoot as the drink. Uh, and I was joking when it was on the counter, <laughs> suggesting that Dr. is a child. And unfortunately, it turned out he is a child, and it was his. Uh, but also, you were talking to us about the fact that you know you, it's all right for you. We're sitting in a car. At just coming up to half eleven, Ed starts his new job tomorrow. Won't talk much about that, Ed, but you know, uh, um, you've got to be up nice and early. I've got yeah. to be up nice and early, but you've got to be a break, haven't you? Because of because of an insect today, apparently, <laughs> where all your teachers are going to bring their favourite insects in to, have to fight. Or what's the insect? Day? I didn't say that. You keep making stuff up. <laughs> first, tr- first fruit shoot, and now insect day. What is you, that? You thought it was insect day, which is ridiculous, isn't it? Nice. Now you think about it. Now we've told you what it is with it being an inset day, which stood for Ed. Uh, in, in service training. training day. In service training. So you just kids. I don't know train. about that. But uh, apparently, in in South London, they have insect day, and that's <laughs> all about insects. Exactly. What is your favourite insect, dear? Don't have one. You don't have one. Listeners, uh, write in with your favourite insects. <laughs> Tweet <laughs> at HOL Radio. And, uh, go to hollradio.net forward slash contact to send us a message about what your favourite insect is for Insect Day. Yeah. Uh, do you think we should have an Insect Day now you know there isn't really one? 
I think school. we should do it. March 24th for my birthday should be insect. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's a deal. <laughs> Talk um, about insects. Yeah. All right. Good. Good. So we um, we are in the car on the way back from watching Palace beat Southampton in what was a. Uh, well, it was a bit of a turnaround, and it was a, a game in, played in stark contrast to uh, to recent performances where they were, we, you know, we were very poor for quite a lot of the game. I thought, and uh, but did enough. Uh, as I joked to you, to you, and it was it was like we knew we only had energy for fifteen good minutes, yeah. and we just delayed it until the right moment. Yeah, it's like if we could keep it just down to one nil, we knew we had a good fifteen minutes in us at the end. But yeah, they certainly looked like they were. Tired after the, what was that the third game in six days or something? Yeah, I think it is three and six, three and five, something like that. It was it was very very slow going, and the pitch was waterlogged. I mean, we're waterlogged at the moment. I'm telling you, it was <laughs> so, the walk back to the car after the game was one of the most horrendous things I think I've ever experienced. Uh, but it was. Uh, you know, that's, that's a way dose for you in there, and it, it feels good. Even though you know my legs are soaked, and yeah, <laughs> the cold's really coming on now. I feel really quite under the weather. Um, those three points sort of make it all worthwhile. So let's pick out some some key things really. So to start with the formation uh, deal, we were talking about this before, uh, well, on the way up, mm. and you hoped that they would start with. The same formation we played against Man City, and, and we did. Yeah, but it didn't quite work, did it? As well, it, it didn't. But I think uh, Wilf uh, in the first half he was a bit isolated there, and he struggled. I'm not too sure if it was the conditions or if it was the pitch, but yeah, it didn't really work out in the first half. And what they will keep doing is uh, having a man right in the centre circle and keep giving it to him, and he wasn't closing down enough, and they were breaking us down like that. Yeah, but yeah, it, it it just didn't it just didn't fold, and I think it was a good time uh, to take off Kobay at halftime, uh, and yeah, since then it changed at second half. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. Although it was really the later substitutions that kicked in, but you're yeah. right. I mean, the system change at halftime did really make a, a big difference. Ed, your view on on that system and how it worked and didn't work? Yeah, I think we, like you said, left picked up where we left off with City and with the shape and. In the way that we played, we did as well. We were quite rigid, like we were had to be against City because they're so good. And we just didn't have... When we did get the ball, there wasn't a great deal of movement in front of the player. There was quite a few times in the first half where the player that had the ball was looking forward and there wasn't a lot going on in front of him and he would hesitate on the ball and looking for that person, making them making the run or creating some space and then quite a few times we would get robbed of possession in the midfield because they were taking too long to try and pick that pass and Southampton were pressing us and closing us down and would nick it off us and build their attacks from that Yeah, and that's where they got in with a bit of space when we transition and lose the ball is when we're sort of at our most vulnerable and slightly less organised than when the ball's in front of us and we're in our two banks of four and set up properly so. yeah I, I definitely I said, I said to June uh, just thinking about half time or at least coming up to half time I think they, they really had done their homework on us for that first half they'd looked at how we'd played against City and they'd looked at what their best options were and they managed to isolate us in so many different areas you know Jeff Schlupp had a terrible first half because he really had no options when he had the ball yeah. and, you know, and he, and he kept getting under pressure losing it and he was very dogged in trying to win it back but he was you know he had a nightmare when we saw Van Arnholt warming up, warming up at half time we thought 
probably that would be the replacement like for like but you know Hodgson and the coaching staff they deserve an awful lot of credit because they do know how to change things they do know how to make a, an impact on the game you, you know you look at even look at the the one game we've lost lately against Arsenal where we came back into that despite being sort of dead and buried just with a few changes so let's talk about you know the the, the change we did made I, I called I called him a Sabutio footballer Ed and you, you you know we had a bit of a laugh about Sacco coming off the bench but he made a huge difference didn't he he did massively like yeah we did joke about his qualities when he came on but yeah it's got a or a hammer of a left foot and he will if he, he does get the ball out wide he can whip a decent ball in and he isn't afraid to shoot which I think is not a bad thing in the conditions tonight if you, you know, have a dig from 25-30 yards if it hits the surface in front of the goal it's going to cause some problems but just his energy I think and his willingness to run in behind sometimes just gave something a little bit different to to Benteke uh, any doubt in the conditions you're referring to you may be able to detect a slight noise in the background <laughs> which is the rain on the top of the car it's pretty horrendous <laughs> um, so DR obviously it wasn't it wasn't just down to Sacco but it was a massive change in um, in our energy and, and and how we pushed did you still at that time did you feel we were we were going to get something from it or did, did the goal make all the difference the first goal uh, when Sacco came on it it wasn't just him going forward uh, when we're defending it was behind Benteke and that's what Southampton were doing all game they were giving it to midfielders um, and then from there picking out passes and what Sacco did do is close down the, close down the midfielders help, help uh, Maka and Luca, and like that Southampton hardly had any chances in the second half so yes by him doing that alone before we even scored I felt like if we get another uh, if we get a good chance we'll score and then once we did score it, the way the whole game was going and the way Sacco and the whole team and how Southampton were playing I did think there was a great chance of us getting a second goal yeah just the whole momentum changed the whole atmosphere and the ground changed and shifted you know Southampton fans were, were very quiet at first uh, as soon as they got ahead, they found a voice, didn't they? Kept seeing that song, Ed. What was oh, it about? What was it about? It was about Saints. Saints and, um, they were going somewhere. They were. They were going somewhere for a reason, and they did something while they were there. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. And everyone else wanted to be there as well. That's it. Yeah, it was something about that. Anyway, yeah, they'd, so, they'd have sung it a couple more times. I might have learned the words. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but they. Uh, yeah, but we we, st- we soon shut them up. Let's talk a little bit about actually the goal we did concede because it was it was one of those things. It was coming, you know. I think we all saw it. You know, D. I know you pointed it out when we were talking earlier. Um, they really, it, it, you know, as I was saying, when they did their homework. One of the things they'd obviously picked up on was having Shane Long up front against the only centre backs we had, which was going to be Kelly and Tompkins. He's not going to win anything in the air. Well, he did win a header against. I think it was against Tompkins later on. That was really quite annoying. But uh, anyway, so there was no real point playing uh, playing high balls, high crosses to him. They they were looking for little cutbacks to the edge of the area all the time, and there was a warning sign early, just just before the goal, where they cut it back, and it, it didn't really find anyone. But 
what they did find long I mean you know disappointing because there's nothing the keeper can do but defensively it was poor wasn't it it was and they figured us out all they were doing is as you said they, they knew that the crosses won't work so they were getting inside the box and there was one person coming back and then they tried to have a shot and Shane Long's one of course it went in but that goes back to the point how Saka made an impact because it all started from the midfield they got the ball from midfield and they played it on the floor when Saka yeah. did come on he pressured them so they had to play it long and when they played it long we saw that they couldn't do anything and that was the difference so it goes back to the Saka point how much you know Roy we have to give credit to Roy as well because he made sure that Saka did close down the midfielders but we have to give credit to Saka as well because it was just brilliant work from him all game his efforts were fantastic in midfield closing yeah. them down and that's what changed the game I mean uh, obviously Hennessy couldn't do much with the with the goal Ed but a little bit later on in, on and a half after that he did make one really telling contribution with a great save yeah very good save from I don't know who it was hit the shot from outside the box looked to be sort of flying just under the bar and his diving save off to his left tipped it over the bar so yeah I mean I've been among the Hennessy critics in the past but you know that was a superb save um, you know if that goes in and we're couple of goals behind then you know we're in all sorts of trouble going into half time so yeah key save and in what was not very easy conditions for a goalkeeper tonight he did well there's a couple of moments of hesitation yeah I I don't know it was one where I think Schlupp was shielding the ball and you could tell he wanted his keeper to come out and collect it and there was a sort of moment of hesitation eventually did come out and get it yeah it was a little bit closer (laughs) in comfort than you would like but Yeah, no, all in all, he did well and a very key save at that point. In yeah, the it's, that's that thing of confidence, isn't it, and, and assurance. And again, this, and I think it is worthwhile pointing out, and we have done in the past, that it's not like with Hennessy where we do criticise him for that kind of stuff. It's not like he's only had a couple of games here and there. To, you know, he's played 60, 70 games for Palace. Yeah. So he really should be in a position where... Uh, it's my phone, don't your phone's going, mate. We really should be in a position where... You know where the defence don't have the confidence in, in Wayne Hennessy, and we're not sure when he's going to stay on his line and when he isn't. So those still sort of underline the weaknesses with him, and why we're why we're looking at keepers. And I don't think we generally have that problem with with Spironi, but for whatever reason, whether it's number of games in quick succession or just you know Hennessy's back fit and, and Roy sees him as number one, you know he's he's got his place back from 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 Jules now. Uh, but yeah, not did did a had a very very good game against Man City and did a great job today. Uh, and another player much maligned, um, Martin Kelly. We were we were talking. Uh, um, Ed and I were were saying there that that we always do feel he has a mistake in him, but he's he's solid, isn't he? Not letting anyone down. Yeah, he was solid. I think the mistakes come from his position. Sometimes he lets the strikers get an advantage, and that's the disappointing part. When it comes to actually defending, when the strikers do have the ball, he does well. But when let's say the balls balls were coming over the top and it's a little bit lower uh, he doesn't he doesn't push the strikers hard enough and he lets them get the advantage that's the only downside but apart from that he was solid him and Tompkins uh, was solid all game so yeah um, look, he'll probably squat downs out for the rest of the season so they need to make sure Kelly stays fit until Saka comes back uh, Kelly and Tompkins were alright both games now second half for Man City and this game Oh, right, I'm just trying to find the light here, Dio. That's fine, don't worry, mate. I need your help. 
through, is it? It's your car, Chris. It's not oh, it's just, usually you just touch something here and you get a light. I just want to see. This is what the time is on. This, this is, oh, 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 there we go. We've got a different light. Uh, okay, yeah, just wanted to check. That's, that's 14 minutes we've done that. Oh, wow. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk about the first goal, Ed. Um, a much maligned player. It actually, in in the, you, I'll let you tell the the story of some of the criticism from the uh, from the crowd. But uh, it was a ball into the box from free kick. Uh, certainly on Christian Benteke with a fabulous header back and James yeah. MacArthur putting it, you know, <laughs> nearly missing, nearly missing it, but yeah. but smashing it home. Brilliant little flick down, exactly what you want from Benteke. He's not the angle, the ball's coming in, the pace it's got on it. He's not. If he goes for goal, it's not going to trouble McCarthy too much. So he nods it back down it's, we've got enough players forward that there's likely to be some runners off him so puts it right into exactly the the right area and I think there was probably if not MacArthur another Palace player queuing up to ready to put it in but I don't know if he meant to quite get it as top corner as he did <laughs> <laughs> he very, I think he uh, very nearly uh, skied that over the bar but yeah went in but, but I thought Benteke did alright today especially in the second half we started playing to his strengths a bit more actually hitting him with some decent quality balls and he won quite a lot in the air there was a, in the first half we had a bit of a laugh at a guy in front of us didn't we yeah <laughs> just, like a lot of Palace fans just has it in for Benteke and we cleared a corner uh, and the Palace player up front sort of closed down the defender but didn't really get there and he was oh effing Benteke you lazy this and that and it was actually Wilfred Zaha yeah yeah, so, <laughs> so, so much really, wrong who the player was he was just happy to criticise Benteke for it yeah, no, it was, it's so frustrating to hear that it really is and yeah, I think I'm in danger of going off on one again aren't I because you know there was obviously there was another comment about Benteke not being not going up for a header mm. but as you pointed out he wasn't going to win the header well he was he was you know a good 10 yards from the the player that was about to head the ball out across in. so yeah and and having you know people I think we've kind of just hit the nail on the head when you said it was a poor crossing a lot of the time you know these are hit and hope things up the pitch and people I think are are critical of of Benteke for not chasing lost causes and whilst I I do agree that he could work harder you know and and I'm not necessarily sure that working that a little bit harder would be would be a detriment to his game. I think it would help him if we could get him that motivated to work that little bit harder. But in general, I don't want him running around like a, you know, headless chicken. Well, like people seem to want, you know, that that's, you know, having Cameron Jerome up front, you know, that that's where we were. We've moved on from that now. We don't want some guy, you know, who played who played a hundred percent, but ability wise, just, he was awful, you know. <laughs> Yeah. You know, he he worked so so hard, and that's why we appreciated what he did. But that's not enough anymore, you know. And it's like, so when people do try and make excuses for players just because they work hard, well, that is the minimum you want in a player. But at the same time, if a player's got immense quality like Christian Benteke has, what you have to do is is just give him the opportunity to show that. And we saw in key moments, particularly in the second half, that if you give him the right 
service, give the ball in the right areas. Even though he's not firing on all cylinders at the moment, he still will make the right choices and make them with the right quality. And that's before that, before that header back across and that that actual, that free kick that I think it was Wilf that won it and you know finally got a decision, didn't he? It was a late mm. tackle from Shane Long. It went on a little bit and got called back in some very very good refereeing from Stuart Atwell. But it was just, it was one of those things where we weren't really creating anything. I couldn't see where a goal was coming from. Mm. Um, and just by by making that right call, that's that's changed the whole course of that game. It really has. And, you know, that's that's what quality is. And that's why I'll continue to defend Benteke and be absolutely driven mad by people who call him rubbish. You can, you can not rate him. You can accuse him of not working hard enough. But to think that he's a bad player... Uh, it's, it's just phenomenal to me a bad player is Jordan March <laughs> all right. that we can all agree on <laughs> exactly anyway look, I've, I've ranted a bit there DR you got a view on that um, with Ben Teke I always hear the comments he's lazy he's this he's that but maybe people should look, also look at the tactics does Roy want Ben, to t- ben Teke to close down defenders like that because mm. when Ben Teke close down defenders like that then they can just pass around him and that's that gone but if Ben Teke sits deep and closes down, uh, closes down players where he can actually possibly take the ball off them. Yeah. It makes more sense. So yeah. there's that part as well. I, I just don't think, I don't think he's lazy. Yes, there's there's that odd occasion where, all right, come on, Christian, you could go for that. But yeah. the majority of the game, it's not only Benteke, it's Will Fazor. They both do the same thing. They try drop in, and then when the chance arises, then they go for the ball. Yeah. And I think that's tactics from Roy because. If Ben Tinker does want to run, and he, he does run. We yeah. saw that in the second half against Arsenal when clearly something was said at the second half because Ben Tinker and Will started closing down defenders. Yeah. But if Roy doesn't want him to do that, then he doesn't. And I think that's part of Roy. It's not Ben Tinker's laziness. It's just Roy doesn't want him to run at defenders and rather keep a solid shape there so the um, players can't run past uh, the midfield, etc. Well, you make it really good. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good point, and it's similar to what I felt about the Man City game. I started reading, reading criticism of Benteke because I actually just, I didn't really pay much attention to social media during during the City game or anything like that. I wasn't really, you know, I was, I was more focused on what a good performance we'd put out. And I thought it was really interesting to see. You know, I was watching the tactics that that, that Hodgson and the coaching team had put together with a great deal of interest because obviously so many teams have tried to nullify Man City this year and failed and the fact that we did you know, I thought was fantastic and I was looking at all the reasons why that was and one of them was 
was asking Benteke to come and drop deep. You've done it today. You know, yeah, they did, like you say, as he did it today, but ju- just, you know, come and drop in, make an extra round in that midfield, you know, and just and just close down a little bit of space there. And, you know, he, to, fight, to see him be criticised for that, when you look at it, anyone who's looking at that can see that that's something he's been asked to do. It's, it's a clear tactical thing that he's been asked to do. And that gets missed so much. You get players accused of... So, you know, essentially, Ben Seke seems to be the whipping boy for some, and he gets blamed for, uh, you know, the tactical decisions of the manager. He gets blamed for the, you know, hit-and-hope passes that from some of his teammates. Um, and he gets blamed for... You know, not us not creating huge amounts of goal, goal scoring opportunities when the whole deal is we've got to create them for him, and it is plain to see he's lacking a bit of confidence. I think that's fair, isn't it? Ed? He's, he's lacking that little bit of confidence, so he's not at his very, very best. But no, uh, yeah, he's obviously not. I mean, the, you'd hope you hope the goal from at Leicester because obviously it was relatively well publicised. It was his, he hadn't gone however many games ever in the Premier League without scoring and you hope that that goal at Leicester would have sort of helped him kick on a little bit in terms of goal scoring but we haven't created that many clear cut opportunities for him and a lot of the time the service to him hasn't been great as it wasn't in the first half today it was a lot better in the second half and he did win quite a lot of flick-ons and there were quite a few occasions where especially in the second half when Saka was playing closer to him as a second player that he was able to bring the ball down on his chest showed a bit of strength in holding the uh, defender off and chose the right option in terms of laying it off sometimes he doesn't and that's very infuriating like in the City game when he doesn't works really hard brings it down nicely and then tries to nutmeg De Bruyne in the centre circle and starts a counter-attack for them but today in the second half especially he was much better and I think he does get a rough deal by mm. a lot of fans because it's easy to look at a striker and it, just his goal scoring stats and and criticise him for that but I think we don't like you said I mean we've had Cameron Jerome we run chases around like a bit of a headless chicken up there but that's not what we want from a 30 something million pound striker we want him between the goalposts in the final third trying to score goals and when we don't have the ball he's quite clearly like you said been told to drop in front of your midfield and he almost acts as a screen for your the gaps in when you've got your two banks of four of your defence and your midfield set up it's fine we'll let Otamendi or whoever for City or today Yoshida we'll let them have the ball because he's not going to hurt us yeah. in the, just inside their half as the centre back with the ball but what Benteke's doing is stopping that pass that goes through our midfield into that gap between our midfield and our defence where their players come in your Tadic's and people like that come in to pick it up because you've got Benteke moving across in front of their centre-backs as that screen to stop that one ball that takes our midfield out of play absolutely right yeah. uh, one other player I wanted to give a bit of a bit of air time to DL was Andrus Townsend yeah quiet first half again um Really got into it in the second half, didn't he? He did. He since I don't I don't know what Samuel or Allardyce said to him, but since Samuel and Allardyce uh, came into the side, he's been running and running and running, and that helps a lot. He tracks back and also going forwards, he um, offered much more, and I think Sacco helped as well because yeah. normally with Ben, you have wealth 
out on the other side and then you have Benteke in the middle so you have the option to cross and then with Saka now there's another player in the middle which you can give a little pass back to so yeah I think Saka <laughs> helped everywhere literally in the defence <laughs> really going forward yeah. as well so it was like a tactical genius and yeah and just had a very you know very good game uh, second half going back and going forward um, in attack yeah yeah and I think it was interesting uh, you know you, you talk about the, you know you talk about them as a front three I actually thought very it was very clear in the. F- I actually looked at the two systems. They were play- we were playing very, very similar system to, to Southampton, but where they had a front three, where they were very close together, yeah, for a lot of the game, particularly when they were in possession, the you know the the wider players tucked in, and it was very much a front three. You know, we we kept a lot of distance between everyone and Benteke, and it was you're absolutely right, Theo. It was when Sacco came on and just plugged that gap a little bit. So he, the, he was close to Benteke, but he was also drifting wide to go to Townsend or drifting wide to go to Zaha as needed. And it actually allowed Benteke to do a little bit more movement as well. You know, he could he could drop deep and all push on, push on, you know, as, as the focal point of the attack. And everyone just linked so much better. And again, we saw that for, for the second goal there, didn't we? Because it was a, you know, a little bit of knocking the ball about. Found its way to Townsend. Uh, great ball across to Luca, and what a finish that was! Yeah, I think just going back to Sacco, like on that second goal, it's a very just before Townsend gets the ball to where he squares it to Luca. Is Townsend's carrying it down the right hand side, and Sacco really busts the gut on the diagonal to make that run. Townsend gives him the ball on the sort of slow pitch, it holds up a little bit, so rather than try and beat his man, he just gives it back to Andros, yeah. and that just pulled the, that ball down to where Sacco's hit the diagonal run and he's played that ball down to uh, Andros has played the ball down for him it's just dragged the Southampton defence five or ten yards back closer to their goal and he just plays it back to Townsend which has created that bit of space in the middle where decent vision because I was looking at it when he's given it back to Townsend there just thinking cross it in the box for Ben Seke yeah. It would be very easy for a player to instinctively just whip that into the box from that position. You see Townsend out on the right wing do that sort of in-swinging cross with his left foot a lot. But he's hit a lovely ball across to Luca, the right sort of pace, quick enough on that pitch that it doesn't get held up, but not so fast that it's impossible to hit hit first time. And that's what's key in it beating McCarthy, I think, is the fact that Luca takes it first time. McCarthy's coming across from that side of the... Luca hits it towards the bigger half of the goal when McCarthy's coming across. He takes it so early, he doesn't. The keeper doesn't have any time to set himself to try and, and it's just curling away from him, skidding off the pitch, and he just doesn't have any time to try and make the save because Luca just takes it so early. It's a great yeah. finish. Ah, superb! And it was nice to see the Southampton fans immediately start to leave the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that felt pretty good. It was nice to see, obviously, Luca banish the memories of missing the penalty. Um, to go and strike the winner today just just kind of wipes that from his memory, yeah. um, and, and we can move on, you know, with a, with a three points that perhaps it looked for quite a long spell of the game today that we weren't going to get anything from the game, let alone a point or three. So it was, uh, you know, it's, it's been it's been a great day for us. It's been a hammer blow to uh, to one of our rivals down in that relegation area, Southampton. They've you know now still not won. We we tried our best to end that record for them, uh, you know. If they're not winning since November, but that goes on for them, and the longer that goes on for them, the better for us. That we're not going to hopefully not going to get dragged too much more into these things. But a, a very good day, 
again not I'd, I'd sum up and say not a great performance by any stretch of the imagination yeah. but but again it shows us doing the right things making the right choices and you know the squad is absolutely stretched to exactly it's you know it's threadbare now we've, we've got confirmation obviously that Dan is out as well as punching with uh, cruciate ligament Injuries uh, to the, you know to the knees, so both of them gone. De Bruyne played today. Just yeah, De Bruyne played. Yeah, he was right, oh, that media coverage cancelled his funeral. When he's <laughs> that, he's that media coverage was absolutely ridiculous because yeah. when Deli Ali fouled De Bruyne, all right, people did say that's harsh, but when Pancho fouled De Bruyne, people acted like he murdered him. Yeah, it, it, it was a it was a smart tackle when De, whereas Deli Ali he just went and tried to break his leg, where yeah, Pancho yeah. just tried to stop him. But yeah, media. You know, I don't know what is Wilf and well, we, that they go against us. But yeah, we've, we've like got to end by talking about that, really. About but uh, you know, I know Ed, you and I were keeping a very close eye on on the, the count of times that Wilf wasn't going to get decisions. I stopped counting because um, yeah. it was just it was embarrassing. We've seen you, you made the point. He, he got a bit of a t- sort of knock in the area, carried on, stayed on his feet, was really trying hard not to not to fall down. So it's had an impact, hasn't it? Yeah, I think there was one very early in the game where Wolf was very clearly fouled, sort of middle of the pitch, out wide. The referee just waved it away. You could tell, you know, the media attention it's got. The referee's got it in his mind. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to give him an easy ride or whatever. I'm, you know, it's, it's going to need to be very clear cut for him to give anything to in terms of fouls on Wilf and yeah in the second half there's one where there was definitely contact and had there not been the scrutiny on Wilf there'd been this week and the unfair criticism of him I mean there was enough contact I mean he had to really really struggle to stay on his feet you could it took him a good three or four strides before he was like nearly not <laughs> going face first to stay on his feet and a few weeks ago maybe he would have gone down under that challenge and and seen what we got but I think it's certainly affected the way referee the, the referee's opinion of him yeah. and it's probably affecting the way Wilf plays a little bit I yeah think. Well, he's getting he's getting booed by the crowd just even for trying to stay on his feet he was getting booed yeah. by the <laughs> by the home crowd I mean that is Southampton they don't understand very many things they, you know they're, they're, a, they're a simple Brighton, bunch still saying seagulls halfway through the game and I yeah. don't, they don't realise that I didn't know Southampton like Brighton <laughs> I don't think they're friends no but uh, yeah. but it's very they, you know they're an odd bunch but but yeah, you know, Wilf, you know, he saw, he saw. It, it's affected him mentally, clearly, because he's trying that extra, you know, bit more to stay on his feet where he shouldn't have to. If he's fouled, he's fouled. You know, we talked about it on the way up here, lads, didn't we? We were saying, can can we point to a single time that we think that Wilfred Zaha has dived? You know, I can think of a few where. He's gone to ground and maybe the actual contact might not have knocked him over. Maybe uh, a push. That's that's me being really generous. But ultimately, it goes back to a player running at pace. There's always contact. It always gets ignored when it's upper body contact, anyway, for some reason. But <laughs> but even then, he, half the time he gets his legs kicked. You know, there's, there's always a little touch, and for some reason, all the photos and all the freeze frames and all that sort of stuff that get the most publicity are always from the angles or the moments where it doesn't look like a foul and we saw that for the you know in the, in, for the penalty against Man City 
it took you know Palace fans to actually freeze frame it at the point where Raheem Sterling is holding Wolf's hand in, with one arm and has got, got got him across the neck with the other. You know, there's a foul. That's that's a foul. What, what's your argument? Where's the dive? Qu- quick, quickly, Chris. Um, you know the Swansea game. Yeah. Did Wilf? Did we get a penalty from Wilf getting fouled? Loftus cheek. Was it Loftus cheek? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That looks a dive. <laughs> I'll no, be honest, but uh, yeah. Um, quickly on uh, Wilf and the dive situation is that when Wilf, well, Wilf doesn't. Well, if if Wilf gets fouled in a box slowly when he's not running at full pace, then you can clearly see it's a foul. But when he's going at full pace, people don't. As you said, they don't notice like. The upper body movement they always look at their kicks and yeah. if the kick is not strong enough they say it's a dive but you have to realise this guy is running full pace and he's not a slow person as well so nah. any contact will drop him and you saw today he literally tried he should have dropped so many times I've got so many fouls but he's tried to stay on his feet even in the box we could have potentially got a penalty but if it was another player they might have just dropped and they could have got a penalty but he was literally trying to just stay up he kept falling but went up again yeah. and yeah that's the thing it's just media against Wilf and Watford fans thinking he dived and from then on he went to Anand Shira thinking oh, he has no end product it just they're yeah. just some kind of hate against Wilf I don't, don't understand why it's a shame and it was good to see Steve Parrish obviously write an article I think it was it for the mail he wrote, wrote it for. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah it was the mail. But uh, just, just, you know, making it the point clear that, you know, Wilfred Zaha is not a diver. It is an agenda against him. And it's just such a shame that that article was then filled with rubbish from the likes of Chris Sutton. And who else was it? Uh, oh, Graham Paul. Oh, oh, my God, he was the worst of all. to stay relevant and be controversial, like. Yeah. I just, I just, I don't get it. You know, we've, we had that, I was sort of saying to you, dear, on the way up, we've, we've had that, when we were in the Premier League with AJ because we got they got to a certain point everyone thought oh they've had a they've had a lot of penalties haven't they <laughs> and I think it was Steve Bruce of all people who had, who called out AJ and said oh no, he's a diver and then that was it you know forever branded a diver and when you looked at the challenges I mean AJ was if you're going to talk about divers on a scale of people who dive AJ was way further up the scale than Wilf has ever been mm. um you know, but but even he was all about quick movement and quick feet, and we got so, he got so much criticism, and Palace as a club got so much criticism for that as well. So it's just the club that we are, unfortunately, and I hope that I hope that changes at some point. And the real shame of it is people not properly recognising what a talent Wilfred Zaha is and how difficult he is to stop. And you know, the reason he's the most fouled player in the Premier League is because he's that much better than most of them. <laughs> you know, he's, I think someone else wrote about it and called him a top six player, uh, you know, in a in a bottom six club or whatever. I'm not sure I completely agree with either. But it's, it's the kind of thing that I, you know, that, that I think is it's the right way of thinking about things, that that's the jealousy. Every, you know, most of those teams would kill to have him in their side. You can see, uh, I don't know if you saw Guardi- Guardiola talk after the, game and he was talking about Wilf mm. and you can see he likes him as a player not that that's a good thing because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, I just throw another 80 million uh, at something I honestly don't think we all fall uh be as good in a in a toxic club I don't uh, I don't know why but I feel like he'll just get um the spotlight won't be on him and when the spotlight's not on him I don't think he'll perform as well I just have this feeling that it's a danger for him isn't it's, it? a danger, it's what happened yeah, before yeah, and uh, United yeah just, it, you just get swapped straight away they'd look at improvements and then one bad two bad games and someone else comes in and he, that's your chance yeah. and he, li- he likes to be loved I don't know if he's exactly 
he did an interview with Gabby Logan a, a while ago. I don't know yeah. what show it was for, but he was just saying how he much he likes it at Palace because he likes being loved when we sing his name and everything else. Which he goes to a city or some another big club where he's atmosphere's not as good. One, he, one yeah, thing, yeah. yeah, but he'll, he'll be a smaller fish in a bigger pond, as it were. And will they get the best out of him? Yeah, I think not. he's he's matured enough that he could probably handle it a lot better than he did before. But you know, he's certainly not going anywhere in January. He said that himself. The club have said it clearly. So uh, you know, I'll continue to appreciate him as much as I can while yeah. he's around. And just you know, I always fear the worst of Wolf because I can't understand why a big club hasn't really come in for him because I think he's been consistently brilliant for, for years but there we go their loss is our gain alright well great great three points for Palace today um, battle have to do because we really got to get home because <laughs> 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 we're sitting in a McDonald's car park off the A3 uh, with his windows all steamed up we've got a young boy in here Ed <laughs> you know <laughs> your, your legal connections aren't going to help us out you know <laughs> Um, <laughs> I might have to edit some of that <laughs> but I'm not going to edit it and almost certainly Mikey won't either so uh, thank you very much for listening we'll be back normally soon probably I reckon mm. almost certainly so let me just press this button it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.